Amen. I don't know if you recognize this or realize it, but you're living in the most exciting time in the history of the church. And if you don't know that, then get with the program. I'm going to give you three scriptures. You can write them down. You can record them, whatever you do, whatever electronic device you use. I'm going to read them today, but I want you to meditate on them during the week. Amen? Psalms 57, verse 1. Isaiah 26, verse 20. Exodus chapter 12, verse 22 through 23. I'm going to read these scriptures to you because it was a week ago that the Spirit of God put Psalm 57 upon my heart. We're coming into this election, but if you've been listening listening to what the prophets are saying, you're not going to be afraid. Say, I will. No, let's say like this. I refused to give in to fear. See, God's not given his people a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound disciplined mind. If you renew your mind to the word, you will not succumb to fear. So no matter what happens, what goes on, you just hold fast to the word of God. Psalm 57, this is, I I like this, in verse 1. It says, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. Okay, look at Isaiah 26, in verse 20. Isaiah 26, 20. It says, come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth will also disclose her blood and will no more cover her sin. I want to read that passage of Scripture out of the Living Bible Translation. 26 and and, uh, verse 20. Go home, my people, and lock the doors. Hide for a little while. Say a little while. Until the Lord's wrath against your enemies has passed. Look, the Lord is coming from the heavens to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will no longer hide the murderers. The guilty will be found. I like that. Now look at Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. See, this should build in you hope in your God. Exodus chapter 12, and I think you know where this is going. In verse 21, it says, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourself according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. Who's the lamb of God? Jesus. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, 
the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. And it will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you just as he promised that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Now, that's not my sermon. I'll keep the sermon short, but I want to get across to you No matter what happens in the days ahead, hide under the shelter of the Almighty. He's your refuge. Amen. Just just relax till all this is passed over. So what should you do? Stay in worship. Stay in prayer. Continue to congregate as believers. And just trust God. And lean not to your own understanding and the weird media. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? You get that? Amen. Are you sure you got it? Okay. Look in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. It's kind of nice to be able to unhook from the pulpit. And Kathy's been doing it. She's quite capable and... And uh, she's, she's a teacher. She doesn't come across quite, quite as brash and strong and in your face as I do. Amen. Now, I'm going to give you, I'm going to read this passage of Scripture to you. I'm going to also read it maybe from a couple other translations because this is what I've been meditating on the last couple weeks. That our God's a big God. And if he can deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, can he do it in the United States of America? Sure he can. Could he do it in Europe? Sure he can. Can he do it throughout the world? Yes, he can. But if you don't renew your mind to the fact that he's a big God, then you're going to struggle. And so the next just few weeks, we're going to talk about how big God is. I want to begin with Ephesians chapter 3. I pray this prayer almost daily. I I rotate. There's uh, prayer in Philippians and Colossians and Ephesians. And this is the prayer that I pray in Ephesians. And uh, I pray these prayers over you. I call your name out. So if you want prayer, amen, and you're not on the membership list, you better get on it because I call your name out when I pray this. Amen? This is so good. This is so anointed, this Spirit-inspired prayer the Apostle Paul prayed. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family... Say whole family. See, we're a family. Say, I'm part of a big family. In heaven and in earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit... In the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend or understand with all the saints what is the width, the length, 
the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which surpasseth knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. What a prayer. If you're going to pray for people, can I give you some insight? It's not now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I prayed that. That's what I was taught as a child. If I should die before I wake, my God, what a way to put a kid to bed. That's how my mama did it. Pray the word. We've had these scriptures down and on paper, and, and I've worn one whole thing out, and I get another one. Pray the word of God over your family, over your children, over your business, over your pastors. I just got another little tidbit. I can tell when you're not praying for us. You need to pray for your pastors. Paige put together a long time ago a list on how to pray. You need to pray, the, pray for the pastors. You don't pray for the leaders, you're not going to get led well. Well, you're awful quiet. Okay, let's finish this. Verse 20. This is the good part. Now to him. Who's him? We sang about the Lamb of God. Jesus. Now to Jesus, who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Okay, now let me read that part to you, out of another translation. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us His Spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah and Jesus. Glory down all the generations. Glory through all millennia. Oh, yes. Now, one more out of the Amplified Translation. I want this scripture in you. Some of you know it, but you need to meditate on it in the days ahead. He said, um, let me find the right, right one here. Oh, I lost it. Just hold on. Okay, okay. Whenever our hearts in tormenting self-accusation makes us feel guilty and condemn us, for we are in God's hands. Say, I'm in God's hands. For He is above and greater than our consciences, our hearts, and knows and perceives and understands everything. Nothing is hidden from Him. I'm in the wrong. Jeez, preacher. I thought that was odd. I'm in 1 John. It was pretty good, though. Years ago, that would have just crushed me. I got it. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose, do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, 
our dreams. That's, boy, that is a good, thank you for that amen, Michael. That's, that's the God we serve. So in the days ahead, we're, there's some exciting things down the line. Because he's a big God. Amen. Now, let me read this to you. I spent more time on this statement. And I'll get it to you. I'll have it written down and you can have it. But I want you to listen carefully. As Christians, we must believe that our God can and is willing to exceed our highest expectations. Say, my God can and is willing to exceed our highest expectations. Sad to say, because of an attitude of indifference and a lack of understanding of the power that works in us, we limit God by not asking big or thinking big. I'll say that again. Sad to say, because of an attitude of indifference, I don't care. And a lack of understanding of the power that works in us, we limit God by not asking big or thinking big. If the church is going to minister effectively to the harvest of souls that is coming into the kingdom in the days ahead, we must personally and corporately adopt and exercise a kingdom mindset of growth and expansion. I'm going to read it again because I think this is important. This mindset will believe big, dream big, pray big, and ask big. If we do this at Harvest Church, guess what will happen? Big things. Now, let, let me read it again. I want, I want you to get it. As Christians, we must believe that our God can and is willing to exceed our highest expectations, sad to say, because of an attitude of indifference and a lack of understanding of the power that works in us, we limit God by not asking big or thinking big. If the church is going to minister effectively to the harvest of souls that is coming, we must personally and corporately adopt and exercise a kingdom mindset of growth and expansion. This mindset will believe big, dream big, pray big, and ask big. If we do this at Harvest Church, then we'll experience big things. Now, for what's coming in the days ahead, you're going to have to expand your thinking. You and I are going to have to be willing to make some changes. We're going to have to change some, some attitudes that we have. I, I can tell you, I, I firmly believe, you know, the days ahead, they're going to be exciting, but I'm going to tell you it's going to take a lot of work. And I don't think some of us realize that. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take everybody working together. Everybody functioning in a gift. Everyone in this room today has a gift. And I could call out on some of you and tell you what your gifts are, and you're functioning right now in your gifts, and I think that's wonderful. 
Some of you don't know yet. If you're young and you're just getting started, that's all right. Just, just hang in there. Now, I, I, I've thought about this because I think this is applies. I talked with Kathy. The results of asking big. How, when did we start with Patriots United? Year, year and a half ago? We knew there some things needed to change. Well, I want to give you a list of things that have changed. The Convention of States passed in January. Three conservative school board members are being promoted for election. Plus, Ward 4, we got a good man run for city council. We have delegates on the Madison, Pearson, Stanton County Republican boards. In fact, Pastor Brad heads up the Pierce one. The tables were turned at Kearney State Convention big time. We've, had, we've been asked as a church and, and as a pastor to open up meetings with prayer. Praying the Word of God. So this isn't the way I thought God would promote this church. But He has. And don't kid yourself. They know where we're at. And I think it's great. Bring on the fight. But two things that I, I left this for last are so important because this is dear to our hearts as the children. And God this year stirred up in our hearts to begin to minister. We brought John Tash in and had wonderful meetings with him and, and tried to instill in you how important it is the next generation and these little ones, taking care of these little ones. We had a Jesus day. I don't remember. We had a number of children that gave their hearts to Jesus. That's what it's all about. So we got a lot of work today, or today and every day. Amen. Now, I'm going to go on just a few more minutes. I want you to see God's perspective versus our perspective. How many of you think you think too small? Think small. How many of you think small? There's nothing wrong with that, but how many of you think we should change that and begin to think big? And I say this, and I say this with, with humility. I really believe this church can, can, can change a community. I believe, and let me qualify that and clarify that, there's other church, churches out there and there's other good people out there. But someone has to take the initiative and lead the way. It's not all about Harvest Church. I know that, but the body of Christ, the kingdom of God needs leaders right now. You didn't read the rest of that. Up in, Jan- in January, we we're going to have a leadership conference with Mike Plain. And uh, we're going to start working and gearing up and and i see god's hand on some of you for leading not just at church but some of you've been sent to this church to be sent to the community amen i believe that with all my heart so god's perspective versus our perspective who is god and what is he like according to the bible he is everlasting He is just, He is caring, He is holy, He is divine, He's omniscient, omnipotent, 
omnipresent and sovereign. He is light. He is perfection. He is abundance. He is salvation. He is wisdom and love. He is the creator. He is the savior. He is the deliverer, the redeemer, the provider, the healer, the advocate. He is the friend. Never forget, folks, who lives inside you. The Lord, I'm going to tell you who lives inside of you. The Lord, the great God, the great King above all gods, is resident in you. Amen? Look at 1 John chapter 4. Next week, I'm going to give you some examples of people that dreamed big, asked big, prayed big, received big. 1 John 4. I'm going to read it to you this morning from the Amplified Version. It says, Beloved, do not put faith in every spirit, but prove, test the spirits to discover whether they proceed from God. For many false prophets have gone forth into the world. By this you may know, perceive, and recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit which acknowledges and confesses the fact that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, actually has become man and has come in the flesh, is of God, has God for its source. And every spirit which does not acknowledge and confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, but would annul, destroy, sever, disunite him, is not of God, does not proceed from him. This non-confession is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you heard that was coming and now is already in the world. Little children, now listen, this is you. Little children, you are of God, you belong to Him, and have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because He who lives in you is greater or mightier than He who is in the world. Say this with me. Greater is He that is in me than the deep state. Yeah. Or, or Biden in the White House. All the corrupt political people there are out there. Greater is he that is in you. Amen. God and the devil are not equal. They are opposite. God and the devil are not equal. They are opposite. Now, I, I don't know if you have this devotion. I, I love it. In fact, I bought one for Kaylee when we were down in Omaha. And it's Brenda Kuhneman's, and it's, it's wonderful. I want to read to you her reply on, on the perspective of God. This is what she says. No problem too difficult. One time while flying in a plane coming in for landing in a particular city, I looked out, on the, out the window and saw all the buildings and highways. I remember thinking how the cars along the freeway looked like little toys. It seemed from the plane that I could reach down, just pick one up or move a building around any way I wanted. Once on the ground, those things seemed so much bigger they do, than they do from the air. We think the things of this life can be so big. But God looks at them from a different perspective. To Him, they are so much smaller than He is. And His power and wisdom are above it all. 
Everything is under his control. No problem on this planet leaves him puzzled. He made everything. We need times when we just reflect on how big our God is and try for a moment to get his perspective on the world and even regarding our own lives. We need to imagine in our minds how God sees the problems we face and realize that to him, they're so small and not hard at all for him to fix. Just rest in the Lord today and realize that there's no problem is ever too difficult for God. God can find people homes. You will move out of our basement someday. It's kind of nice though they cook. She really enjoys it. They're good cooks. There's nothing. I don't think of something in your life. Young people, you know, I don't care what it is. An employer, a job, a financial situation, a disease, a sickness. Whatever it is, God is bigger than that. No matter the results of an election, it doesn't make any difference. God's still on the throne. We think we've got it figured out and we need to do it this way. No, we don't. Let's do it God's way. I'll never forget years ago. When we got out of Bible school and came here, oh my God, the economy was terrible. That was back in 83. Norfolk, how many of you remember Norfolk in 1983? Dark. Very dark. And gloomy. There's just, there was a, it was, we were dealing with demonic entities and spirits and the whole thing. And, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, we moved here and I, I thought, oh, my God, how are we going to find a home? And how is this all going to work out? Every step of the way, God took care of us, provided for us. And uh, I'll never forget, too, when we outgrew that house and, and uh, ended up selling it. We just moved over the river to a home that we, God just, God knows what you want. God knows what you need. God knows what really pleases you. That's the kind of God we serve. There's nothing too big for God. So whatever you're dealing with in your life, I don't care financially or physically or emotionally, whatever, God is bigger than the devil. Now, look at uh, Psalm 8 and I'll unhook here in a minute. Psalm 8, we're going to go through Psalms because I want to give you some scriptures on how big God is. Psalm 8, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who've set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you've ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy of the avenger. Look at verse 3. David says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your, what? Fingers. How'd God make the heavens? With his what? Fingers. The moon and the stars which you've ordained. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? It shows the littleness of man and the greatness of man or the greatness of God. 
God is so great. Man can be so small and insignificant, but God is greater than all. Look at Psalm 102. Psalm 102. Psalm 102, look at verse 25. It says, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth. Who did that? How many have ever laid a foundation? <laughs> Is it work? This, this God that we serve and the God we know laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will change them and they will all be changed. But you are the same and your years will have no end. The children of your servants will continue and their descendants will be established before you. Look at um, Psalm 147. Psalm 147, verse 1. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Now look at this. This blows my mind. He counts the number of the stars. Think about that. How many stars, folks, do you think there are? How many galaxies do you think there are? He counts the numbers of the stars and he calls them all by what? Just think about that. We don't think about some of this stuff. How big a God can, can count the stars and give a name to every star? And we're stewed about paying a bill. Wondering where we're going to get this and where we're going to get that. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Look at Isaiah 40. I'm almost done. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. When you're young, you young people, sometimes problems seem so big. They're not. If you just look to God. Amen. Isaiah 40. Look at verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in balance? Think about that. That's the God we serve. God can measure the universe with the span of his hand. Now, I, we don't think about that. We don't wake up in the morning thinking, oh, my God. Measure the universe with the span of his hand. I don't need to stew today. I don't need to. But we should. We need to renew our mind to the fact how big he is. And he's a God that can deliver past. He's a God that can deliver present. And he's a God that can deliver future. Look at one more here. Matthew 10. Some of us won't like this. Me included. Matthew 10, verse 27. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What do you hear in the ear? Preach on the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who's able to destroy both soul and body in hell and are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. 
What's, what is that? Paraphrase that. What's that saying, folks? Does he know every sparrow that falls to the ground? Or just a few? Every one. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Mine are getting down to a few. Poor Nate, it's all on his chin. No, you've got some up here too. But are you seeing how big God is? So when you leave today, this week, when you go back to work or you face a situation or problem, oh God, how are you going to do this? How are we going to get through this? How are you going to deliver me this time? Remember what I said today. Meditate on the scriptures of big God. Okay? I want to close with this. Uh, how many of you know who John Bevere is? He's a prolific writer. He's, he's, he's really good. I've had this book in my library. It's from the 90, 90s, and, and it's so good. And it's entitled, this, this portion It's called The Never-Ending Sermon. So I want to read this to you. He had his two little boys, and they were out on the beach, and he sat them down, and he said, look at all the water. You can only see a couple miles, but it goes on for you know, hundreds of miles. And so he began to share with his two little boys how big God was. He says, pause for a moment and ponder the boundless expanse of the universe. Do so and you'll catch a fleeting glimpse of his unlimited glory. In the words of David, the universe declares it. God's creation is not limited to the earth, but encompasses even the unknown universe. He arranged the stars of heaven... With his what? Fingers. For most of us, it's difficult to comprehend the vastness of the universe. Beside our sun, the nearest star is 4.3 light years away. So that this number does not remain just a figure, let's expound on it. Light travels at the speed of 186,282 miles per second. Not per hour, but per second. Wow. That's roughly 670 million miles per hour. Our airplanes fly approximately 500 miles per hour. The moon orbits roughly 239,000 miles from the earth. If we traveled by plane to the moon, it would take 19 days. But light reaches there in 1.3 seconds. This is the God we serve. Let's continue. The sun is 93 million miles from the earth. If you boarded a jumbo jet today and traveled to the sun, your journey would take over 21 years. How'd you like to use that bathroom for 21 years on a plane? That's nonstop too. Where were you 21 years ago? That's a long time. Can you imagine flying that long without a moment's break in order to reach the sun? For those who prefer driving, well, it couldn't be done in a lifetime. It would take roughly 200 years. Not including any gas or rest stops. Yet light travels this distance in a mere 8 minutes and 20 seconds. Let's leave the sun, move on to the nearest star. We already know it's 4.3 light years from the earth. If we built a scale model of the earth's sun and nearest star, it would be as follows. In proportion, the earth would reduce to the size of a peppercorn, and the sun would become the size of an 8-inch diameter ball. According to this size scale, the distance from the earth to the sun would be 26 yards, which is only a quarter the length of a football field. Yet remember, for a scale airplane to span that 26-yard distance, it would take more than 21 years. So if this is the Earth's and Sun's ratio, 
Can you guess how far the nearest star would be to our peppercorn earth? Would you think a thousand yards, two thousand, or maybe a mile? Not even close. Our nearest star would be placed 4,000 miles away from the peppercorn. That means if you put the peppercorn earth in San Diego, California, the nearest star on our scale model would be positioned past New York City and into the Atlantic Ocean, a thousand miles out to sea. To reach this closest star by airplane would take approximately... 51 billion years nonstop. That's 51 billion years. Yet light from this star travels to Earth in only 4.3 years. Let's expand further. This is interesting. The stars you see at night with the naked eye are 100 to 1,000 light years away. However, there are a few stars you can see with the naked eye that are 4,000 light years away. I wouldn't even attempt to calculate the amount of time it would take for a plane to reach just one of these stars. But think of it. Light travels at a rate of 186,282 miles per second, and it still takes 4,000 years to reach the Earth. That means, now listen, that means the light of these stars was first released before Moses parted the Red Sea and has traveled a distance of 670 million miles every hour without slowing down or ceasing since, and is just now reaching the earth. But these are only the stars in our galaxy. A galaxy is a vast gathering of unusually, usually billions of stars. The galaxy in which we live is called the Milky Way, so let's expound further. The closest galaxy to ours is in Andro... What is it? And. And Andromeda galaxy, its distance from us is approximately 2.331 million light years away. Imagine only 2 million light years away have we reached the limit of our understanding yet. Scientists estimate there are billions of galaxies, each of them loaded with billions of stars. And he calls them all by name. Galaxies tend to group together. Andromeda Galaxy and our Milky Way are part of a cluster of at least 30 galaxies. Other clusters contain as many as thousands of galaxies. The Guinness Book of Records states in June 1994, a new group of cocoon-shaped clusters of galaxies was discovered. The distance across this group of galaxies was calculated at 650 million light years. Can you imagine how long it would take to cross such a vast distance by airplane? The Guinness Book of Records also states that most re- the most remote object ever seen by man appears to be over 13.2 billion light years away. Our finite minds cannot even comp- begin to comprehend distances this immense. We've yet to glimpse the ends of the galaxy cluster, let alone the end of the universe. And God can measure all this with the span of his hand. To top it off, the psalmist tells us he counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Not only can he count the billions upon billions of stars, but he knows the name of each one. No wonder the psalmist exclaimed his understanding is infinite. Solomon said, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. Are you getting it, folks, how big your God is? Let's stand our feet today. So whatever transpires in the days ahead, you're going to remember how big God is. He's bigger than Joe. He's bigger than, what's her name, Kamala?
bigger than Pelosi. Yeah, shifty shift. He's a lot bigger than him. Let's say this together. My God is bigger than the devil. My God is bigger than the deep state. My God is bigger than COVID-19. My God is bigger than the media. My God is bigger than any food or fuel shortage. My God is bigger than any of my circumstances. My God will deliver me and my family and the body of Christ big time. Amen. Amen. So remember that. And what are you going to do Tuesday? Vote. Is there anyone here who needs prayer for your physical body? Prayer for your physical body. Amen. Yes, ma'am. We talked about that today. Uh, you know what it is, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Then they're done that. So just receive the anointing today. In the name of Jesus. Don't let her fall. In the name of Jesus, we loose the anointing of God from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Peace. The peace of God to guard her heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And the blood of the Lamb that marks her that no weapon formed against her shall prosper. So, Lord, she can rest in you and relax and know you're a big God. So, Father, show yourself strong and mighty even this week for her. Spiritually, physically, financially, every area of her life. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, ma'am. What? Your throat and head hurt. Okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lose healing upon Charlie this morning. We bind infirmity and a virus, and we lose healing, health, and strength. Boy, you're just receiving. I wish everybody received like that. In the name of Jesus, all symptoms go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Make me some more cupcakes. She, bless her heart, brings down cupcakes to pastor. Well, whatever. Whatever. I get cupcakes out of the deal. Whatever it takes. Amen. Anything else? Go out and be the church. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.